This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into a, an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Sheila. Seppi, welcoming to the show. You are the author of Walk-Ins, The Cosmology of the Soul, your 2020 book, as well as you're an author, international speaker, healer, uh, what is this, multidimensional life coach, which we're absolutely going to talk about here. You also, I mean, are running the Conscious Awakening Network, the Galactic Alliance, Spirit Way Ministries, Conscious Awakening Series with Sheila Seppi, uh, the Cosmic Conversations. All of this, by the way, guys, is going to be located down in the show description. You're one of my favorite entities in this realm. I'll be honest with you. You and I met through our mutual friend, Karen Swain, who we've had on the show, and she invited me to do one of your series as a fill-in host, and it was so cool. We did it on the road from a hotel room, and since then, since back in April, I suppose, you and I um, have, you've invited me to be uh, part of the Conscious Awakening Network, and I've great, been so grateful to be a part of that. You and I just did a Monday evening series over there for these amazing musicians. We had Ford, we had Matthew Cosell, we had Randy, uh, or Ellis, Everything has been amazing with you, and you are just crushing it at what you're doing. Now, you're also just fascinating as, as an entity yourself, which is what this conversation is going to be all about, okay? I know you host other people and all of that, but we're <laughs> going to talk about you today, okay? So again, guys, all the ways to find this incredible woman is going to be located down in the show description. Sheila, how are you? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> Every day above ground, I suppose, is a good one, right? That's right. Yeah. It's Every been a wild wild ass ride and you yourself have had a fascinating wild ass ride and i would like for you to first of all introduce yourself if you don't mind and then we're just going to talk about your amazing story here darling okay well i'm sheila seppi you heard all the different things that i do and that was kind of um a life-changing um, event, which we'll talk about the walk-in, um, that really brought me to where I am today. But, you know, prior to that, I was a really sick person. And I was in high-profile jobs. I was doing a lot of work that required me to work with, like, Congress and legislation and everything that I am so not. And, <laughs> it's, you know, it was just like a total switch. But um, I had been diagnosed in my early, I guess my early 20s. I started uh, not feeling well, started having all these odd symptoms. And, you know, even uh, earlier, my mom said that I started having some strange things happen. But uh, despite that, 
I had been diagnosed with bone cancer, brain tumors, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue. I used to walk with a cane. I was told that I would be in a wheelchair. And, you know, I can go on and on with all of the things that was going on with me. And I went to bed that way. Um, I had three small kids. I was starting to get very depressed. I had a dysfunctional marriage. So my life was kind of like in this downward spiral. And when I went to bed, I just, it was just a normal night. Went to bed, wasn't feeling good, took all my plethora of medications that Western medicine had given to me that was not helping me. Uh, but I was doing the routine, right? So the next morning, it felt like around seven o'clock, somebody reached down, grabbed me by the hair of the head, pulled me bolt right up in bed, and it was like lightning ran through my body. And I don't know how long that experience lasted, but the next thing I knew, I was in white space. Now, a lot of people have said, oh, you must have had a near-death experience, or you must have this or this or that. I did not, to my knowledge, I do not remember um, astral projecting. I do not remember levitating above my body. I don't remember anything. I just remember that white space. And I remember I was out of pain. I felt great. I had all this unconditional love supporting me. And if I'd had my preference, I'd have probably just stayed there. But the next thing I knew, my peripheral vision started coming in and then my frontal vision. And then I'm sitting there looking around the room. Of course, the first thing is like, uh, what am I doing sitting up in bed? And number two, as I'm looking around, everything was the same. And my brain connected with all the stuff in the room, but everything was different. It was almost like everything was fresh. Everything, you know, like when you have the ultimate spring cleaning in a, in a disgusting room. <laughs> but that's that's kind of what everything felt like. And I'm just sitting there looking around. And when I got up and I put my feet on the carpet, it was like, ooh, gushy. You know, it's like, oh, this is great. And I'm going to the bathroom and I caught my reflection in the mirror and I just stopped. And I was staring and I don't know how long I was staring in the mirror. But it was like I was looking out of somebody else's eyes. And still, I and, and first off, if someone would have told me that I had just experienced a walk-in, I wouldn't have believed it because that was not within my realm of thinking. I had never read a metaphysical book. I had I didn't believe in spirituality because I was religious. You know how it is. You live in the South, you go to church, you drink your tea, the whole nine yards. You know, there's a there's a routine to your life. And so um, I didn't believe in past lives. I didn't believe in anything. I did not definitely believe in holistic healing. But all of a sudden, my mind was flooded with past lives. My mind was flooded with all these universal teachings that I had zero framework to understand what it was I was seeing or hearing or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, I started knowing healing modalities that I had never studied. I started having this immediate affinity for things that you know, like um, I remember one of the images that popped in my mind was like a dream catcher. And I was like, oh, a dream catcher. Well, I had given a dream catcher away because I said, I don't want this thing. It's a dust collector. So it was just immediate. Everything shifted about me, my personality, everything. So no one was in the house when this happened, oddly enough. So as I'm going through the house, 
I'm seeing things. I'm hearing people talk to me. Now, because my background was psychology, I thought I was having a psychotic break. I couldn't remember anything. I knew I had three kids. I knew I was married and I had parents. That was it. Couldn't I didn't have any memories like to say, oh, I need to pick up the phone and call Jill. Nothing like that. And as a matter of fact, I lost every friend that I had at the time. Um, but that's another story. But anyway, um, it was just wild the way I was feeling and the information and the sensations. And as I started talking to people about it, they were kind of like, OK, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't want to hear this. You sound crazy. And within that first three months, you know, the person I was married to, I'm like, mm -mm. <laughs> I'm out of here. I don't I don't know what this is about, but I'm out of here. And so I already started making my plan of escape. And then um, the next thing that happened is as I was sharing my story, telling people why I wanted to go, they said, look, you're you're going through a divorce. You can't be talking like this. You sound crazy. So that just really validated everything that I was already feeling about myself. And so I just kind of shut that down. I tried to go about life as normal. I couldn't because I didn't even know what normal was. You know, I had a hard time relating to family. And as a matter of fact, my mom found out, sorry, little pooch here. My mom found out I was a walk-in because she sat me down on the couch and said, hey, look, you need to go to a doctor. I think you've got the beginning phases of Alzheimer's because you don't remember your cousins. You don't remember conversations. You don't remember anything. And I was like, well, there's a reason for that. You know, and I had to sit her down and, you know, have this conversation. But everything in my life shifted and everyone knew it. So the first three months, it was just kind of like, what the heck is going on and getting my feet on this planet the next three months, I moved. And so I moved to a different uh, town where my office was located. So as I am um, working in the office, it's like all this new information just comes through and I'm given the end result of what I'm working on. It's like, oh, well, there you go. And then I learned how to backtrack everything. So I'm even like with the Conscious Awakening Network, here's the result. And here's what we're going to do to get you there. And so I'm thinking it's me. And I'm like, dang, I'm good. I got this great skill set. And it's like, no, it's my it's my collective, which is another story. But anyway, so um, I found my first spiritual teacher in those first six months because I had accepted a position in another state. Now, during this, the first three months I left, the second three months going on the six months now, all of this stuff started solidifying, you know, more and more voices were being heard in my head. I was seeing more and more people walking around. I could touch someone and immediately know what was going on with them about the argument they just had with a friend. You name it. It was like and all of this clairvoyance, clairaudience, which I didn't know anything about at the time, was so overwhelming. I was like, I'm losing my freaking mind. I'm just losing it here. You know, I. I was doing channeled writing and talking about the universe and how things were created. And, and it's like, I, I must have watched a science fiction movie and got all this information stuck in my head because here I am 
talking about stuff that I have no knowledge about, but it kind of makes sense and it feels really good. So once I moved and accepted that other job, I moved to Kentucky. And there I also was working on a tourism initiative, which was a pork project for a congressman. And so I had a lot of, you know, it was more of a political kind of job than, oh, let's just sit back and meditate sort of thing. I ha- That was the life that I was in, trying to integrate all of this new knowledge. And thank God, as I, of course, 23 years ago, it's almost, yeah, 23, 23 and a half years ago, when this happened, uh, when I accepted this new job, I had gone to um, the little town that I was going to move to and was looking through a phone directory because remember, I have three kids. So I'm like, okay, what are the school systems? Where are the playgrounds? What kind of housing? I need to start looking in the phone book to see what kind of programs are for kids and that kind of thing because there was no Google. Okay, so you had to do all the research and do it the hard way. And so as I'm looking in the phone book in the back, it was just kind of like one of those ta-da moments and this light was shining literally this light was shining on this little business card sized ad in the back and it was for spiritual counseling and i was i was all over that i'm like oh my god i'm going crazy this is great why am i going the first music that i listened to now i was listening to rock and roll and country music and i switched and started listening to all music from India. That's the only thing I wanted. That's the only thing I could listen to because of the vibrational frequency. Didn't know it at the time. I stopped listening to one genre, started listening to this other. I stopped buying books on parenting and, you know, all of the self-help kind of, you know, books and started buying UFO books and psychic development books. And so as I'm going to meet this psychologist, I'm telling her, look, I think I'm having a psychotic break, a disassociative disorder, paranoid delusion, or schizophrenic even. And she, so I start working with her, and finally she goes, honey, there's nothing wrong with you. I can find absolutely nothing wrong. You're lucid. You've done all these surveys. You've taken all these questions. Everything, you, you are one of the most grounded, frantic people I've ever met. And she goes... And you've got this huge light around you. And so, of course, I'm sitting here like, what are you talking about? And then she also starts sharing a little bit about her. And she was of Hopi lineage. And she was the seventh daughter of a seventh daughter of a seventh daughter, which is the big deal. And she had been asked by Chief Ivahima when he was still alive to take the teachings of the Hopi people out to the white eyes because the Hopi were a dying nation. And so he had asked Thomas Mills to write books. He had asked Kathleen, I can't think of her last name, but Kathleen, anyway, she set up the big Hopi website and Jeremy was doing these women's circles. So I joined that. And it was in these women's circles that life clicked. All of a sudden, it was like the last of the puzzle pieces just went right into place because I found out those voices in my head and those imaginary people were my spirit guides. And I found out that when I close my eyes and I find myself on another planet, 
I was journeying. And so I learned to start controlling things in the upper world, the lower world, even did some middle world travel, which at the time she was like, don't do that. Just just focus on this. Well, I was the student with the note, you know, and I was taking every note. I did exactly what she said. If she said turn left, I only turned left. If she said jump, I jumped, which my parents found hilarious because Apparently, I'm super hearted, you know, and they're like, I don't know what she's doing and I don't know what's going on with you, but okay, whatever, you know. And so through that, I learned to shamanic journey. And that is really when I started having a relationship with my spirit team. And they began to mentor to me. And today they still are with me. And I learned that. I was a soul exchange walk in and literally in my case, my original soul left and a new soul came in. Then they started teaching me about soul exchanges and that most of the time, and I say most of the time, there is a pre-birth agreement in place. In my case, the soul of this body cried out to be released I happened to be in the crystalline grid field. We heard that cry and it was decided I would be the aspect that came in. Okay. Now that's another whole story that we can get into um, and who I was and what I was doing and being part of a collective, but I'm going to go ahead and stop because I can talk all day, Bridge. <laughs> I can stop without talking. <laughs> My God. But Sheila, this is why I, I had to have you on. And yeah, I've just been absorbed in this, just like everyone else out here. So again, everybody located down below, you've got plenty of ways to find her and interact with her weekly, literally. So yes, I definitely want to talk about how you were chosen to become the aspect and something so fascinating to what you're talking about here. And just as a foundational for where we are, we've, we've, uh, I, and by we, I mean, I've just been taking a very interesting look at this place lately, Sheila, and um, it's in, it's been not in the brightest of lights, but what I find interesting is, is that in your story, I'm starting to see, and this is a natural progression of this, right? Because you and I have known each other for this long. Right. I've come to this understanding, or I'm, I'm looking at things this way, and then now I have you on for this, right? We could have had you on the show any damn time, right. but now here you are. And so I'm looking at all of that, and here you are sort of giving me more of a pendulum back perspective, which I was looking forward to, by the way. So now you're filling a void that I expected to be there. I'm very self-aware in the same way you are, but also in this way that it seems like such an interesting way of how... In this case, you pulled the swapsies because you're the first soul rather agreed, like you said, agreed to be here for a certain amount of time and then was just out. And maybe that last little bit of life, they knew that it was coming and sort of just nosedived the thing. Do you think that that's what happened? They sort of were kind of had senioritis and just sort of phoned it in? Or do you think it's they left because um, they uh, were just in, in such a spot, you know, which they weren't consciously aware of that was already preordained? Right. That's the exact same question that I had asked my team because there for a while, I'm like, oh, my God, am I a body snatcher? What is that? You yeah, know, yeah. kind of thing. And so they're like, absolutely not. First off, the soul came in and had this preordained mission, had had, you know, had its action plan in place and blew it. Nothing was going according to plan. Couldn't get the resources together. Personally, you know, internal resources, couldn't pull that forward, kind of went to Disney World and never came back. Okay. Got caught up in thinking that she was a human. 
Okay, so there's a big thing. Everything around us is this holographic. Everything is holographic. We are octaves of vibration. And so she thought she was the vibration that she was putting out and not the vibration itself. Okay, so that becomes a story in of itself that many people get lost on this planet thinking they are the person that they see being reflected in the mirror, not realizing that this is nothing more than a vehicle to get around in this lifetime. You know, that's it. This is our physical car and the driver is the internal aspect. So she totally thought she was the car Got caught up, got sick, um, got caught up in a lot of stuff that she shouldn't have and began this downward spiral. I think the only thing that probably kept her on this planet was her three children. And she was just in this hopeless despair. And they gave me an image. Um, she and her husband at the time were building a home and they gave me an image of her sitting in this unfinished home, um, no walls in it, just the shell in a corner just saying, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this. Because I was like, when did she decide she was out of here? And it wasn't like, I'm going to go commit suicide. But there was zero hope. But when you lose hope, that that is a recipe for disaster. Because then the mind begins to take control. And we start in this downward spiral. Okay, and everything around us becomes real. Everything is a bad dragon instead of these dragons could actually be aspects of yourself coming to assist you. But anyway, she was sitting in the corner just like, I can't do this. I'm done. I don't know what else I can do. And just kind of like, yeah, kind of energy. And that's what she was living day in and day out. And she kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And so I think the illnesses was her way of subconsciously giving herself permission to be released from this life because taking her life, um, even though I'm sure that crossed her mind many times, was not something she would have ever done because, number one, of her religious beliefs. and But actually, no, number one, because of her children and number two, because of her religious dogma that was so deeply ingrained. Um, but. Because of that, there was this vibration, I believe, that went up and out that was heard that we picked up. Now, when I say we picked it up, before I incarnated, I was part of what's called a collective. Now, we all know that we have multidimensional aspects. If this is an oversoul, we can be having all these little bitty experiences. At the end is what we call the Shintias Khan. And the Shintias Khan holds uh, aspects of your higher self, your spiritual essence, which is what surrounds you and the soul, which is what attaches to the physical vessel, animating it and the personality of this lifetime. But um, we were out in the Andromedan system. There was um, there was a lot that we were doing there, which is another long story in and of itself. But I'll just say we were in the Andromedan system and we felt this vibration or this resonance. There was this pulling, this tugging from Gaia herself. Now, this was back in the 80s. And so we as the collective came and we joined and the collective is when all of my multidimensional aspects had come back together and we were operating as a, as, as an aspect of oversoul. 
we came and we joined with many, many other um, aspects and we were working on the crystalline grid. There was some repair work, which again is another story in and of itself about how the false matrix was created. But as we were doing this repair work, we were infusing light codes uh, of unconditional love, of um, spiritual awakening, forgiveness, very, very high vibrating codes. And in this state, there was another vibrational tug from here. And it was based on how we chose to incarnate into this body as to how the soul of this current body came together. And as being the walk-in and being multidimensional, you know, I have more and more of that that comes in. When I do healing work, I may have a totally different aspect and aspects of me come in to assist with healing, which it's all very common to me. And you talk about this sometimes to normal people and they're like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? How can you, you know, this and that. It's very simplistic to me because everything is just from this big plasmic field anyway. So when I first came into the body, I brought in more of the Arcturian aspect because the soul of this body had been primarily Arcturian. And so when a soul, any soul, your soul, any soul incarnates into their body, there is a merging of the soul and the physical template for this body, which is in the etheric field. And as they come together, they begin to imprint upon the cellular structure of the body. So there was already this energetic framework, if you will, for an Arcturian soul. Now, remember, the body was very, very sick, so I could not incarnate all at one time. But even those little drips of the Arcturian energy was enough to instantaneously heal the body. So when I went back to the doctor, they were all like, oh, our medicines has worked. This is a miracle. You're cured. You know, all this kind of stuff, which is bogus. I mean, I would have if I was a doctor, I would have been studying me. <laughs> How could you be sick and now you're well? When they went in to do the clavicle surgery, I had bone cancer. They were going to remove the clavicle, replace it with hip bone. They said I'd be in physical therapy for six months, learned to rewalk, blah, blah, blah. They got in there, nothing, zero, zilch. Clean as a whistle is what they said. We don't know. We don't have any explanation. This is great. Well, now, these are oncologists from Duke University. You would think they know if I have cancer or not, <laughs> you know. So it was these kind of weird things that I was a medical anomaly, but no further study occurred, which is a true blessing. And I'm sure that that was all spirit based as well. Everything was set up in divine order. So in my life, I find that as long as I am receptive and this can go for anybody. As long as I'm receptive, as long as I drop into my essence and my being of who I truly am and don't get caught up in the things around me, realizing that, yes, this is a table. Yes, this is a computer. Yes, this is my dog. But it's all how the octaves of vibration are put together within this holographic matrix to bring in form so that we can have this experience, because even as the collective I hold all the memories of all those past lives, but coming here, I have only 
reveal to me what is necessary in the moment, which is a godsend. People come to me all the time and it's like, oh, I want to remember this and I want to remember that and I need this and I, you know, I want to remember everything. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. What if you remembered your initial incarnation from the source energy when all of matter began to individuate? What if you remembered that? And what if you remembered every consequential lifetime and every event and every heartbreak and every horror and everything that you had ever witnessed? What if you remembered all that at one time? Well, as a human being, you would be paralyzed. You would not be able to function in this reality. And you probably would be put in a mental institution, which I would dare say a majority of the people that are in there are too open. Okay. So as I came in over time, more and more of those drips from my higher essences and collective came in until I am now where I am, which is more of the embodiment of the Andromedan energy. And so that's what I rely on currently for everything that I do. However, when I'm doing healing work, I call on the Arcturian. I call on the angelic and the individuation of the um, Andromedan energy. Long answer. <laughs> no, no, no. Perfect answer because it's just you're you're painting such an incredible picture here, and it's just very interesting to contemplate. Uh, very interesting to contemplate. What what's the difference then, in your opinion, about people who get to these roads where they're in the corner of an unfinished house, you know, saying, "I'm done with this. I want to give up, but I'm not going to kill myself." I mean, I've been there. I've been there yeah. in dark times. So. But things changed. Um, so let me ask you this, then. Do you think that every time that occurs, a walk-in is somebody that comes in and steps in? Or do you just think that that's a opportunity for that person to really just kind of tough it out as you were, as it were, and then just kind of get over it and then move on? Like, Because then third yeah. question to that, but they're all related, and I know you'll answer it perfectly and tie it together, would be, is what about the people who are dying who say, dude, I'm just done. Why do they die rather than a walk-in, come in, heal the body, and then like tag team in, you know what I mean? Right. In this particular case, well, first let me say, when a walk-in comes into a body, they agree to not just come in. Like with me, I am 100% mission-oriented. You can ask my family, I, I am on mission 100%. Now, doesn't mean that I'm on mission to the highest vibration always, but, but I'm on, on mission. mission. I could say that. You yeah. know, I am on mission. Yeah. And that's the only reason that I'm here. And I know that. I know that. My benefits of being here is I've got this wonderful, you know, I've got these great kids. I've got grandkids. I've got a wonderful husband. I've got a great life. You know, those are the benefits. But I'm here to work. And they know they don't get in my way of work because I've told them, I said, look, I am here for one purpose and one purpose only. So please do not get in my way because I am doing my work. And they're all like, well, yeah, that's a fact, you know, you know, like, yes, ma'am. But it's, it's such like empowering boundaries, though, if everybody said that and just said, hey, you're lucky to be in my life, you know, because I'm so mission oriented. I choose you as a benefit, but I'm not a slave to you as anything other. I think that's a beautiful way for everyone to interact. You know, it's a choice yeah. at that point. Right. Yeah. It is. It is. And and we you know, we are in great alignment because of that. OK, but anyway, um, the mission for me was the reason that I came. Now, 
for other walk-ins, I've and I've talked with many, many walk-ins, some come in and they have multiple aspects of various, um, let's see, let me back up. When I came in, I was already part of a collective that had absorbed all of the aspects of itself. Now, eventually, and we're all one soul. And as it breaks down and, you know, there's different levels and I've, that's another whole story in of itself, too, and how everything is structured and layered. And they were showing me this stuff when I first came in. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm crazy, you know, kind of thing. But as we go up, I the aspect I am now is not part of um, the old soul's future self or in any of the lifetimes that she has ever experienced. I was not a multidimensional aspect of her. However, when we get on a higher plane from the higher oversoul, our souls reside there together, okay? So when someone has a walk-in experience, like they could have a portion of their soul leave and a higher aspect come in. Now, when this occurs, there's two ways it can occur. Number one, I see it happening around me all the time. Doesn't mean people are walk-ins, but because of the vibrational frequency on the planet, because of the energy people are holding within their own cellular structure, they're able to bring in higher and higher aspects of their own energy. That's happening all around. I call that an infusion, a soul infusion. Sometimes that soul infusion has to happen, though, and X, Y, and Z aspects leave to allow new aspects to come in. That's when you have a walk-in sort of experience, okay? Let me ask then, because what it felt like happened is I killed off and choked out, physically choked out, in my mind's eye, an old version of me that couldn't move forward. So I basically didn't, like I strangled out the old dude that was in here to be the me that I am now. But I, I use that more of a metaphor of overcoming obstacles and all right. of that. But could Personal it be- work. Yeah, but could it be that really uh, a higher version of me came in, but the old version of me wasn't ready to go? And that's physically what happened maybe on a plane level is it literally yeah. was smothered out in a very so, violent process, yeah. by the way. So what happened is you had more of your higher soul dripped into you so that you could hold that frequency because of the personal work you were doing. In some cases, pieces have to leave. They, they, people, and that's usually they're in the hospital. They have automobile accidents. I mean, horrific events occur in their life to allow that process to take place. But so many people are doing deep personal work these days. And as they do that work, they're making room for more of their higher essence to come in. And I think that's what happened in your case. You just literally choked out that aspect and you're bringing more like you're bringing in more of the Palladian aspects of you. You're bringing in more of the Syrian aspects of you. Um, usually with a walk in when I'm working with them, I can see like for lack of better terms, it's kind of like this little shimmer. So I know that if they're a walk in or not, because that's something I just see. But do you think I'm a so walk in? that kind? Pardon me. Do you think I'm a walk in? You can tell me it's OK. No, I think. No, I don't think you're a walk in. I think that you have 
embodied more of your higher self essence. And there's this strong, um, I call it like this assemblage point that it looks like a big funnel that comes down into the head. A lot of people's is off to the left, it's off to the right, yours is straight up. And there's lots of bright energies that's just flowing through there. So that tells me that you're in connection with higher aspects of yourself. Okay, so there's that type. There's also a kind of walk in where you have braids. I know a guy who has 14 aspects of himself all coming home to incarnate into one body. That's an interesting story. I know people who um, have had what's called a jumper where they have a different aspect come in, like a walk in comes in for a couple hours a day, a week, and then they're gone and they imprint on that person, such high vibrational information that it might take them an entire lifetime to finish unpacking that. But would it be fair to say that things in our observable reality due to duality sort of balance each other out, meaning that if it can be used for positive, it can also be used for evil. So this then calls into question the idea of NPCs, and I've been very ready to talk to you about this, NPCs, non-playable characters, meaning meaning that right. it does more rely on that we are just vessels, but it then starts to speak to the per capita of how many players or souls or conscious beings or things like that. Because if you think about this again, those people who are living to be the 80% that we talk about that sort of swings this uh, collective in a level, not our collective air quotes to separate things, which still separates things, which is interesting, but that collective is living their life purpose, which means that they're a necessary part of this environment. So therefore they're, they're nailing it as far as that goes. But as far as we would say, you know, murdering babies or, you know, paying um, your taxes to a government that just funds terrorism and things like that, you know, may not be in our highest order. But a lot of people don't look at the world like that because they're not able to see outside of this programming because they're killing it at their programming. So let's say that, again, just this sort of quiet allotment of atrocities occurs on a program schedule. Do you feel that it occurs so that folks like me and you, let's say, the people who inhabit these vehicles have an opportunity for some experience in that way because it seems to be sort of a setup of this matrix like you talked about or do you think that it is just a matrix and that it doesn't have to be here at all well first the matrix that we're operating under does not have to be here because it's false it was not part of the organic structure because this planet was created to be very idyllic almost like a vacation resort okay we're like way out at the very end of the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, We're not even where things happen. If you reel it back in, in the center of the Milky Way galaxy, holy Toledo, have you ever looked at the amount of stars and planets that's there? That's where everything's happening. But hey, let's go fix this little area that's a, you know, it's kind of a vacation. So when this planet was terraformed and created, there were seeds of creation brought in from like the best of the best. So this planet has the coolest animals. We have the greatest trees. We have the best water. We have majestic views. We have everything from mountains to deserts and everything in between, okay? So this is kind of a jewel right here. When, um, I want to just back up. And a lot of people that... You know, I don't want to offend everyone, but this is my personal view and my personal memories. But when Source decided it was to individuate, individuate, 
there were those souls that chose the light and there there was those souls that chose the darkness. Now, darkness doesn't necessarily mean evil, but it has become evil. Okay, everyone had the co-creative powers because it was an individuation little mini me of source energy. Okay. Even the things that happen, the atrocities, the murders, the rapes, we have agreed to those things to experience it as a soul to expand. And I've had students that got up and walked out when I told them that. And I'm like, look, I can tell you for a fact that we are eternal beings, period. And we can't just sit around on a cloud drinking coffee and cappuccino for eternity. It doesn't work that way. We want experiences. We want to grow. I've had people who have come from the archangel realm that immediately incarnated into Draco, murdering, raping, killing, destroying, torturing kind of beings. An archangel? Why? For the diversity of experience. Everything is about experience, the good, the bad, the ugly. The only thing that makes things good, bad, and ugly is our definition, our judgment of what's occurring in our life. It's just an experience, period, in the story. Because the person that is killed is not dead. They're alive. And they agreed to that. Maybe they've experienced everything in the world except for, okay, all right, let's see. I've been shot. I went down on a ship. I drowned. I've done this. I've done that. Oh, I haven't been. I haven't experienced this. What is it like? A lot of people say, well, what about people who are aborting these babies left and right? Well, guess what? I am a soul that needed an adult form in order to carry out my mission. I did not want to be born. But they're just like on this planet that's adrenaline junkies. Can you imagine the greatest adrenaline rush in the world is when the mitosis of the cells are occurring inside a human body. When that life is first forming, bam, 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 all this energy is coming together. Some souls only need to experience that. They only need to experience that part of creation into a certain time. Now, as humans, we may say that's the worst thing in the world. I don't agree with that. I don't believe it. And that's fine. I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. I'm sharing my personal experience. And so when these horrible things happen, they are horrible. And because we're in the human experience, they affect us vibrationally, energetically, and emotionally on a true human level. And we experience pain. That pain is real. But it's also part of the matrix illusion. Okay, so the soul, if you look at it, turn the television on, turn it on to a movie. We're nothing more than a character in the movie. And at the end of the movie, when we turn off the channel, the soul's like, "Okay, that was fun. Let's go do it again. I'm going to get back in line this time. I want to be a palladian this time. I want to do this this time. Or I want to keep going back to Earth. I want to get this right. There are lessons I didn't accomplish that I really wanted to experience. A lot of times we choose families to incarnate into, which we would think, what was I thinking? If I'm choosing this experience, what was I thinking? This is the craziest thing ever. 
but we choose that because they serve as trigger points for our own healing. Okay. You can experience something and I can experience something all at the same time. And it's going to affect both of us differently. It may be a wonderful experience to you. And I'm like, oh my God, that was horrible. And you're like, what are you talking about? That was fantastic. And I'm like, nope, it wasn't because that's because we're individual. But the experience itself was nothing more than experience. But we have these filters built in where we judge, where we evaluate, where we take it internally and say, "Ooh, if I had done X, Y and Z, this could have been different. No, it's just a situation. That's a behavioral pattern. Maybe you want to respond differently. And so, you know, there is a lot of bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, hey, this is all wonderful, hunky dory stuff. No, it's not. But it is just an experience. I'm one of these people that just is finding this very challenging because I rode that bus for a long time and I I just, I find it very challenging because even in the understanding of that, I still look around at this, at this place and see people that don't or see where that's not displayed in any capacity to any scalable thing to where it's useful in its knowledge. Cause right now it just pisses me off kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Just the, the idea of it, because it again, in my mind, could be viewed from, again, from da-da-da, uh, that it's a consideration, that it just sort of dampens the sting of what you really are here, which is more of a product, you know? And so um, it, it's sort of a way to just calm the cattle down is what it feels like, but it it's effective. And it, you know, I, I think, though, that the truth is somewhere in between all of these extremes that have, you know, bounced between. And so, again, I'm, I'm grateful for your perspective because it's fascinating. You're so eloquent in the way you speak it, uh, the way that you articulate things is just painting this incredible picture. And it's it's one of these fascinating experiences, especially the topic of walk-ins, because now that I'm looking at reincarnation the way that I do through the lens of you being a battery or a soul, like a, an energy source for the realm itself, then walk-ins would be a way of uh, making sure that certain energy levels are met, right? Energy quotas. Um, and so if this place is ran on a place where energetically it seems to be charged reactionarily or inspiring or motivating the light by being so shitty, right? Because we don't want to see that anymore. So we're shining light in opposition to it, which separates it, which is interesting. But it would seem that then you would want this place populated by a certain number of per capita energy cells that produce a certain reactionary, let's say uh, polaric force, right? Like north and south on a magnet, right? It just polarizes this place. Right. And so right. with the abundance of that, it seems that again, because the percentage is so high on that other side, it propels this light, I suppose, in, a, in an interesting way is what you're talking about. But the walk-in phenomena has always fascinated me with this because I'm not sure if I'm like calling in my higher self and then I walk in like the other dude tags out and then tags in. I feel like this has occurred. I've said it out loud. I feel like someone else showed the hell up and then hopped in. But if it's just more of your interpretation for me personally, which is just more of a, I'm just crushing it at being me and just leveling up as I go. Like one of those, you are. have you seen those little sticks that are spiral that the they people make and they go yeah. up the water? That's sort of the, what it feels like there. But yeah. Again, I just think this whole conversation is fascinating. And I know you and I have a heart out today. But again, guys, all the ways to find her located down in the show description because you've let us down so many, but that's another stories. I've been noting these things along the way. So I can't wait to go down the that's a story for another time with you because I'm interested in the motives. I'm interested in honestly your thought about us being batteries for this place. What do you think about that perspective just as a as a balance? Um, 
I'm not quite sure I understand the um, term batteries, but um, our outer makeup, our our bodies are what are our true vehicles to get around. Now, I will say, not just walk-ins, but there are star seeds. And my definition of a star seed is when a soul comes directly from a planet. And that soul comes into a human form on this planet. And at some point, they begin to wake up. They begin to have a resonance. They start looking at the sky. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm just homesick, but I don't even know where home is. I'm at home. What's, what's wrong with me? What's going on? And they have this yearning for this other place that they, they don't know. That's a star seed. Why are star seeds here? Because they're helping. They're like, just like I am, boots on the ground to help raise the vibrational frequency, to help people to wake up and understand they are so much more than they have been told that they are. They're not the news. Half of those stories are BS anyway. They're not that. You know, turn that off. Don't even watch the news. Don't even watch television. Don't anything that serves as a trigger for you, just get it out of your life. Then all of a sudden your reality shifts. Like my reality is so different from most people's. Maybe I live in this little protective bubble. Maybe I'm delusional. If I am, great. I love it. And, you know, I'll die thinking all my thoughts and go out of here happy. You know, hunky dory, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And if there's nothing at the end of this, I've had a great life, you know. And so I live every day based on the fact that I'm a soul having the experience. And when I do that, it detaches me from all the other stuff. Somebody does something, it ticks me off. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's a human thing. They are serving as a trigger. What in me needs to heal? What do I need to heal? Why am I judging that what they did is wrong and what I'm doing is right? The truth lies somewhere in between. But if we can remember that we're souls having a human experience and not a human with a soul, it's a huge difference. It is a huge difference. Some people don't even believe that we have a soul. Everyone can believe what they want because it takes all of us to create this reality that we're experiencing. And so I, you know, I just want people to understand that they're so much more powerful, so much more, you know, truly eternal than what they've been taught. And that I can remember, I mean, I've got such vivid memories from the other side that if I'm delusional, my delusions never change. My story has never changed. I may learn something more from my guides, but my story is exactly the same as it was 23 years ago. And so the more we become in touch with who we are as a soul, the more we are able to detach the richer our life while we're here can become. Because then the person that cuts us off in traffic doesn't bother us. You know, all of these little kinds of things just sort of start to drop away. Those people that used to trigger us, now we can look at it as like, oh, I can really appreciate that person. I had a person in my life that honestly, I have said, guys, can you just bring a ship down here and beam them up to a happier planet? Because they are like one miserable person and I cannot be in that energy. 
And the more I said that, the more, of course, they were in my energy. And why? Because they were serving as triggers for me, holding up a mirror for me to look at and say, oh, you know, I I really need to practice some forgiveness and I need to look at myself because what's irritating me about them, I'm doing the same thing. So they were actually holding up a mirror. And so this earth is all about, you know, coming to a place of true self-acceptance of who we are as a soul. And if we can rise above and look at all of these things that really just tick us off as lessons and begin to ask ourselves, what is the lesson in this situation? And look at everyone as a teacher, then we can start to drop into gratitude for the very people that drive us crazy. And that is when our reality shifts. Uh, and, you know, the where I'm, where I'm at with this, and it's just fascinating what you say, Sheila. Where I'm at with this is I knew that the turn I took was a very fear-based one, but it needed to be for balance, right? Because I had no fear of this place at all. And so now it's a very fear-based one that now I'm very apprehensive. Like I don't have fear of dying, but now afterwards I'm like, shit, am I going to be tricked or whatever? Do I want to, you know? So there's a lot of sort of um, fear that's involved in this new perspective. And I'm again, I'm fully embodying it. I'm just in, we're wearing it around for a little bit. You know, I might return it soon. But what I mean to say is, is that what you're talking about feels better. So then the question is, is like, what do we do? You know, are we about, because again, what, what you're talking about feels more, I guess, true if you're looking at it from a higher perspective, but it also seems from a higher perspective that that's a trick that would be played on you that you'd fall for, right? And so it's balanced evenly in my mind. And so it's this very interesting middle path observer points where honestly, yeah. either could be absolutely 100% correct, but I've exactly. got a preference, obviously, but... Uh, it doesn't matter, right? And I think that that's part of the thing because obviously also walking through this place, like if you're being bullied, it's because you don't have self-confidence. Once you have self-confidence, the bullies go away because they're really, uh, they're small themselves, right? And so this idea of victims and bullies, one can't exist once the other um, right. nullifies. So the same idea goes though for that, you know, like I'm not being, um, the lessons I've learned here still aren't affecting me in the same way, but the challenge I find is that they are affecting people in my reality and way worse like things, you know? And so it's also seems to be part of the game is to be able to walk through that with some light within you that you carry without fear, but also being helpful to those that need your help. But it's also, again, I'm not a fan of looking around this place and seeing the the shitty things that occur here. And even from a perspective of that people chose it, well, I didn't choose to be bombarded by that shit in my reality all the time. So really, where it is, uh, not consciously. And here's the thing. <laughs> it's we, about this conscious, consciously. right. Yeah. And, then, and then that's honestly my biggest issue with this. It's about yeah. the contact phenomena, the near deaths, anything. Spirit guides any of it is it's not in my mind altruistic. It's not forthcoming. It has to hide in the shadows. It's not being honest. It appears differently to everyone, perhaps due to the way that they learn. But still, there, there are challenges I have with accepting the under, understanding for me. Because also, I'm not an experiencer. So I don't have communications like you do. I don't have mm -hmm. things just going, um, hey, here's some information for you to ponder and see whether it's true for you or not. I, yeah. I have none of those things. So I'm coming at it from strictly a position of like, what the hell are you people talking about? I think it's fascinating. And I love right. all of it. But looking at it and then still sort of imbibing, embodying the journey, it's fascinating. Sheila, uh, that's it. It's just fascinating. And I love what you're saying. Again, it feels great. Like it feels yeah. badass and awesome. I still have some issues with the ideology of the lack of clarity, you know, clarity. Like I've got to be told these things. I have to be, you've got to tell me 
that this is the way to go, which makes me feel good rather than my own personal observation, which doesn't feel good. So, you know, you know what? You're doing it anyway. You're doing it anyway. You know, that's the thing that I love and honor. We could we could be at odds at our perspective, which just helps both of us to grow. But the reality of it is whether the information is coming to you like, hey, Brandon, you know, and I am very blessed. I, I have to admit it. I am blessed. I am guided, guarded, protected. They work through me. I work with them. I, I could not ask for a better setup. I mean, it was like I got the Cadillac of experiences. Okay. Somebody that doesn't have that, but still is doing like what you're doing, bringing all these perspectives, sharing it, walking through, you know, muddling through the shit and saying, hey, I don't like this. I don't want this anymore. I want this. And why is this happening? And questioning. Do you know how impactful you're being on other people's lives? I mean, just by walking your walk and sharing your life and your perspectives and saying, I don't get this, but let's talk about it anyway. You are planting so many seeds. So I really honor that piece of work that you're doing, whether you see it or not. I see that you see it. I'm grateful for that. Thank you. I do like being the objective and it's it's probably better and I've said this throughout. Uh, I'm probably experienced all the con contacted all the time and deliberately um, demand that my memory be regressed so that it doesn't influence the way that I see yeah, this place, get, which pisses me off even more, <laughs> which yeah. pisses me off even more because now <laughs> the dude sitting in this chair doesn't want to be the guy making that call whenever he's like, yeah, 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 make sure you wipe me. Because I know that I'm probably playing <laughs> clips of me talking like this on the show up in the thing going, look at this guy. He doesn't fucking know. It, it's just interesting. <laughs> and I know that there's going to be some sort of surprise in the end of all of this. It's just I'm not sure if it's going to be. I I, uh, I don't know. Because of the way this place operates, in my view right now, it could be either. And it could be just yeah. amazing or it could be absolute shit and horrible, which we won't find out until it's air quotes too late. And then I feel. And then also um, maybe you come back and maybe you don't. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I would like to say that you have ultimate sovereignty and choice here. But that, again, yeah. in my mind, can be posed to you as a psyop. And that's what pisses me off is either, to be honest with well, you. Well, I remember, I remember the death process. I remember the soul, how it moves out of the body. I remember how the chakras shut down, how the energy is pulled in, how the information is basically uploaded into our own little personal cloud storage of our Shantius Khan, which goes into our, what we call the higher selves. Again, these are all just octaves of existence. I remember all of that stuff. I remember incarnating. I remember the visceral feeling. You know, it feels to me Today, exactly like this event just happened to me this morning. It is that visceral. It is implanted into my cellular memory at such a level that I I don't think I'll ever forget it, ever forget it. And I understand why now, because I can bring hope to a lot of people. I can let them know what it's like on the other side. I can let them know what it feels like that oh, it's. I mean, the ease of the release and kind of shaking it off. And it's like, Woo! well, that was a ride, you know, kind of thing. Um, I mean, there's a lot more to it than that. But seriously, it's such a it's such a beautiful thing. And I, and I used to say, I must be crazy. How can I have these memories? You know, and so I really judged myself for many, many years as like, OK, well, OK, I'm not having a psychotic break. I'm a walk in. That's do you know how crazy that is 
Do you know how crazy to have a soul to leave and another soul come in? This is happening over here and there's other planets. I wasn't raised that way. That was not my genetic programming. And that's what comes into play because just like we have the physical codes and the soul codes, part of that physical coding is the genetics that come in from our parents and the genetics that come from their parents and the genetics that come from their parents. And so even though the physioelectric field that was being beamed into the crystalline grid is no longer in existence, the impact of it is still in humanity. So that false matrix programming gets passed down. That programming being we're separate. We have to look outside of ourselves. There's so much fear, all of these things. That's pre-programmed into our genetics. And as we wake up as a human species, we begin to shift that. We begin to change that. And that false matrixing that is part of who we are begins to shift and all of a sudden our reality starts to change around us that is so cool and that is why i came back you know the ascension is like i mean that's great and we're anchoring in higher levels of consciousness all the time still operating in a 3d density when we move into a higher density and let's say into the fourth density, then the containers that we're in become, they're still carbon based, but they also have silica, which allows us to go from a human form into a spirit form, into a human form, into a spirit form, you know, kind of traveling in and out, uh, morphing in and out from one reality to the other. Many people even talk about that now. They're like, you know, I go someplace and it's like I'm invisible. Nobody sees me. People are just walking right in front of my car like my car doesn't even exist. What's up with that? Well, their vibrational frequency has changed because they are bringing in those higher aspects of reality. So if we're not in a matrix base, if we're not in a holographic image, then what's happening? I mean, in a holographic reality, what's going on? You know, I have to ask myself, how can this happen? I mean, quantum science, which used to be, you know, the real woo woo kind of stuff is being validated every, every day. CERN is creating new dimensions. They created a rainbow bridge into another reality. What is that about? How can they do that? If this is not a holographic projection, if we're not just vibrational frequencies coming together in a mass, what the heck is this all about? You know? And so I used to ask those questions all the time, driving myself crazy until about 2012. Seriously. So I had a like 10 year, 12 years that I was just like, okay, I know this is real, but, 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 but I don't believe it. I don't believe it because then how come I'm not manifesting money in my bank account? How come this isn't happening? How come that isn't happening? And all of a sudden it was kind of like my guides were like, just cool your jets, just breathe. Listen to what you're saying. Listen to what we've said. And look around, drop into who you are and see with those eyes instead of these eyes. 
And so at 2012, my understanding from the collective was there were these huge, massive plasmatic waves that came in carrying all these new higher frequencies that literally shifted us into a 4D planet, period. Now, all planets are like fifth density, except for us because of the false matrixing, which is another story in and of itself. But we moved into 4D. And that's why so many people, like one day, they're like, oh, I've got this higher perspective. And the next day, it's like, crap, my world's falling apart because we're vacillating. We're learning to hold these higher frequencies. And when we can hold those higher frequencies, then a lot of this other stuff just starts to fall away. That's why we have the Pollyannas in the world and we have the doom and gloom in the world because those people that are 3D based, those people who are dropping into fear, the crime, the corruption, politicians, the war, all that stuff, that's lower 3D. But then there's a whole bunch of people that are working in higher 4D and 5D, which is trying to balance this out. The more people can hold that 5D space, the more we can begin to re change the reality that we're in. Now, yes, it's still a 3D world because of the density level, not because of the consciousness level. It's still a 3D world, but everyone on the planet's 4D because now we're in this teeter-totter. But some people are 5D, 6D. 7D, 8D, and above. They're bringing in higher frequencies and they're holding them. And they're helping to raise some of these other lower frequencies and to balance out the planet exactly like what you're talking about. So we as an individual do the same. One day we're like on top of the mountain, we're meditating, life is rocking and we get a phone call and it's like, oh my God, right back down that ladder we come. So the trick for us is to remember who we are, to hold who we are, to allow just like what's happening with you. I mean, you've got so much light that's just coming into you, coming out, everything. And the more this is happening with other people, too, that light helps to illuminate the darkness. And when we shine light on the darkness, it's like, oh, I don't want to look at that. Yuck. Look at that crap. Yuck. No. And that's what's happening. Everybody's like, I'm disgusted by what I'm seeing in the dark. Why? Because your light's shining, because that's no longer acceptable. These behaviors are not what you want in your reality. And more and more people are seeing that. And then as a collective, we're saying we don't want that in our world. And that's what helps to shift the vibration. Doesn't happen in a second and it doesn't happen in a day, but it is happening. I'm telling you, if I had to pick, you're it. Like, that's it. That's the perspective I would I would be like, fuck, yes, that's the one I want, Sheila. It, it yeah. is just from the balanced middle ground because I'm still very well aware of that other and its impact and its influence and its pervasity yeah. um, from which I say that. So just know that I absolutely have a preference and it is for damn sure yours. And I'm not an agent of chaos in a sense. I'm an agent of chaos of the darkness for damn sure. And I'm right. really, really with you that even with the awareness I've got, I think that that was sort of your equivalent of the spirit guides going, just breathe, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because now it's like, hey, just take this in perspective and what it will do will counterbalance you enough to where you will really find this grounded center and empowerment, which is what I definitely discovered in that. So either way, I think you and I came to similar vibes, but at different paths, right? And then, you know, I mean, God, you're just this 
beam of light, which I'm saying the same thing. Aww. I'm just like, guys, just shine your damn yeah. light in this darkness and it can't be around you. That's it. And so to the same degree, you and I agree with way more here than we don't. It's just I honestly like to offer the perspective because it is a balanced perspective. And I wanted to ask you the questions because I knew you'd have fantastic answers for them. So and none I would call bullshit on. I just think that what you're what you're talking about here, your authenticity and the way that you live, it is very altruistic. You are so authentically you and it is amazing and beautiful to watch and to see what you're doing. So we're going to cap it here, but all the ways, again, guys, to find her located down in the show description, all those links, definitely spend some time with Sheila. She's fascinating and an incredible interviewer. You are just wonderful at what you do, and you know that. Just your full embodiment of all the things that you're doing. So um, if you don't mind, darling, just leave us with something hopeful that you get you out of bed every morning and in the walk-in current status that you're in and doesn't trade you out for another model. Uh, what keeps that going for you? Well, you know, knowing that I am a walk-in, the only thing different is when my soul arrived versus when your soul arrived. I'm still a soul having a human experience as you're a soul. Everybody's a soul having a human experience. But for me, the ticket, my cheat is I know I'm a soul. I remember at that essence. And so I encourage everybody, you know, get in touch with your soul not the crap you have to wade through to get to the soul. Let that stuff go. It's a human. And I can, I guarantee you, I promise you on the other side, there is no judgment. There is no shame. There is no blame. There just is. There's still duality, which is another conversation, but it just is. When we're talking spirit, we're talking world of spirit, not the other worldly 3D stuff that's happening out there. When we just talk pure spirit, that's what we are. We can never, ever, 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 ever die. You are an eternal being. I remember it. I live it. I breathe it. I know it. And I am no different than you. I just remember more. I just got that little cheat, you know? And so I can tell you, we have chosen to be together at this time on the earth because as yucky as it is, it's also exciting. It's bright, it's beautiful, and together we are all creating what we call that new earth, which is a shift in our major perspectives, okay? We're letting the old go through. We're struggling right now. You know, it's kind of like a teenager when they got all the hormones flooding the body. That's that phase that we're in right now. We're like, ah, I'm like crazy. But at the end of the day, it's the most beautiful thing there is. And so as eternal beings, I can guarantee you, you are loved beyond measure. And you can never, ever, ever, ever not be connected. We are all one. And that is truth. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.